0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. What does it mean to endure? Do you have to do it for a long time or just for a while? Or if you do endure for a time, what's the reward for your sacrifice? Today Pastor Jim introduces you to a character that you know, even if you've never met him, the farmer you see his land when you drive down the interstate and you enjoy the fruits of his labor when you prepare your favorite meal the farmer endures long hours and practices strict rules but for all that effort the reward is multiplied so let's join pastor jim in the book of 2 timothy chapter 2 as he continues his message the enduring christian
1: I'm going to tell you that sometimes if you want to really compete at a high level in whatever God has called you to do, there is a word that you have to learn. You ready? You might want to jot this down. No. (laughs) No. No is one of the most sanctified words you will ever use. All these demands upon your life, sometimes you just have to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry. This is Jesus saying, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. This is not doing what you want just to say, oh, I'm serving the Lord. It's also playing by the rules. What does that mean for us? Well, it means honoring your commitments, suffering, serving when you don't feel like it. All that requires the training of your mind not to negotiate with your feelings and to stay at it. And to stay at it, a lot of times you don't want to do something, and then you do it, and you're so glad you did it. That's the flesh. You're just fighting. You're just fighting off the flesh. That would include preparation and self-discipline. Now you might say, "Oh, well, you know, I mean, okay, Sunday morning, Pastor Jim, I, I park cars. How important is it that you know that I'm ready? Uh very important." <laughs> How many of us do not want to get in accidents in the parking lot on a Sunday morning? Right? So we, we, don't have, we don't want to run the guys over. So it's very, very important that we're prepared, we're self-disciplined, that our, that our heart, our mind, and our soul is ready to serve the king. And, you know, a lot of times it happens in life where service to the king just comes out of the blue. Have you noticed that? You're just talking to somebody, and all of a sudden there's a question. You're like, oh boy, here we go. Here, here, here we go. You know, somebody, I've had times people, they just see you saying grace in a diner and they want to come up and ask you a question, What are you saying grace? What is that? You know, or just like, wow, are you guys Christians or what's the, what's the deal with that? And so we just want to be, you know, have ourselves, our hearts, our minds, our souls ready, playing by the rules. That would probably include sharing the truth of the gospel, you know, not making it up. Here, the Apostle Paul reminds us, if you want God's blessings, obey the word of God and walk in godliness. The Apostle Paul also seems to be saying that this training, this training for victory, okay if you want the crown, if you want to win the prize, requires dedication and determination. It's not, it's not just something that's always going to come easy to you. And this mindset will help you when there's a temptation to quit. There's always a temptation to quit, and if you've been here a long time, you know it's always too soon to quit. Just when you think you got to quit, that's oftentimes when something big is going to happen. But there's another guy who wants you to quit, and there'll be a temptation to quit, and sometimes it's very strong, or if you're disappointed, it's going to be that way. And the Apostle Paul says, if anyone competes, we might say you can't win unless you get in the game. You got to get in the game to compete. And once in the game, remember this, we're all on the same team and rewards comes through being faithful. Not what your role is. For most of us, we have to remember that God gave us our role. And whatever that is, God calls us to faithfulness in our role. And do it to the glory of God. And if God changes it, he changes it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's okay. Be faithful in how he has gifted you. Verse 6, he says, The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Now, remember, he's talking to a pastor. So he says, The hardworking farmer must be first to partake. Some versions say get a share of the crops. This probably relates to the apostle Paul telling Timothy that you have in the church, because remember he's a pastor of a church, you have the right in the church that a lazy man in the church does not. So Timothy, you can get paid for the work of the ministry and, and you actually have the right to be the first to partake of the crops. Now, based on the teaching of Jesus and the apostles, it was well understood in the first century church that the pastor should be paid for his labor by the people that he served and you know sometimes I, I think in our own church people think that the money just comes from somewhere well it does and we're fortunate that we have a have a radio ministry and I'm amazed how much money comes in sometimes from that and people just donating money to that but Ultimately, the money needs to come from the people in the church. I mean, church is great. It's the only place where you come and you get free food and you get, you know, semi-entertainment and you don't have to pay anything. Uh, (laughs) And so it's one of those things. And now, the Apostle Paul wrote about this, that the pastor should be paid, and then he declined it for himself. All right? And a relatively small number of pastors can, but most can't, and we all need to remember that. Now, I'm just going to tell you about me, something about me personally. I'm not going to talk about me and money and about compensation or anything like that. You can ask me. A, not a problem. I don't, I don't mind sharing it with people, but I feel personally, I'm the founding pastor of this church, but I feel a very strong obligation to personally finance and support the staff of this church and the ministry of this church. I'm not like, well, you know, I work here and, you know, and I shouldn't have to support the ministry of this church. Most of you know that I have business interests and I get paid from them. So I give money from my business interest to this church to support the staff and the ministry of this church. This may seem odd to you, but this is my church. I don't mean it's my church. I mean, it's my church, like it's your 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 church. church. I don't know about you people in the back, but anyway, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying is I'm a member of this church. So if God blesses me financially, and that could be for $5, that I should be able to give something to support the staff and the ministry of the church. Sadly, service and generosity are not that important to many followers of Jesus. But let me ask you this, and I don't want to make anybody feel guilty about this. How important do you think that will be at the second coming? Do you want Jesus to say to you, well, hey, sorry, bud, leave your wallet behind. You ain't taking that with you, right? You don't want that. You want God to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant in every aspect of of your life. It's also a reminder for all of us that much of the work, the farmer does, goes largely unseen. I mean, people people really see the guy when he's got his crop and he brings it to market. But the Lord sees all that you do. And I think it's important to remember that no holiness, no real harvest. You may lead a lot of people to Christ, but you'll meet God. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And Jesus told us that. And that personal holiness is very important, not some phony, pretending public display that you're this honest man of God. Jeez. So we shouldn't be described that the work here of the hardworking farmer is described as hard. Lazy people make terrible farmers, and lazy people make terrible pastors. Terrible. Terrible. Sometimes people will say, well, that guy, you know, you you fired that guy. And, And you can bet it's either sin or laziness or the sin of laziness. And you just don't plant and walk away. That's not the way it works. In the ministry, like farming, it involves work. Hard, wearying work. And we all have to remember that. And the picture that the Apostle Paul is painting for us is God rewards hard work and diligent service. Now, let me just say something. Maybe you're, you're just sitting here. You're, maybe you're listening at home. Like, like, I'd love to come to church, but I got all these little kids. I, I, I got nothing. Listen, that's hard work requiring diligent service. That's it. That's, that is that is. You know, and so maybe you're like, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom or you know, something like that. That is hard work. You know, that's why husbands go to work, to get rest. <laughs> I can remember saying, saying to my wife, we'd be on vacation. When our kids were little, I'd be like, i got to get back to work to get some rest, babe. <laughs> it, this, it is not easy. It, that's a 24-7 job. And, and so God rewards hard work and diligent service. Don't ever, ever, ever forget that. You may feel like nobody's watching. The one who's watching is watching. And it counts. Verse 7, he says, Consider or reflect on what I say, and may the Lord will, or some versions say the Lord will, so that may the Lord give you understanding, some say insight, in all things. So I like the version of the, the Lord will give you understanding. All things, some things, everything. Why would he say that? Probably because to work like this, he knows for Timothy is going to lead to suffering. The more you roll up your sleeves and get involved in the life of people, the more suffering you can expect. And quite often, it's the people you were the kindest to. Quite often, it's the people you were the most generous to. Quite often, it was the people you showed the most grace to. Quite often, it's the people that you know stuff about them that other people don't know. And you didn't tell anybody because you want that. And they just treat you like complete garbage. He knows that's what's going to happen. But also, he's saying to him, if you live this way, Timothy, the Lord will give you understanding and the Lord will give you insight that you won't get otherwise. So you've got to hang in there. As you serve the Lord, it will become obvious to those who are led of the Holy Spirit that you need the insight and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this thing without the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And I think that goes back to verse 1 where he said, Ponder these things, live them out, and you will be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Plus, when we live this way, when we think about these things, somehow suffering will make sense. Maybe not in the moment, but oftentimes after the fact. And so all this to say that the study of the word of God, like he's telling, when he says consider on what I say, meaning... All the stuff that I've told you over the years, all the stuff that I just told you right now, right? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. All of those things, if you study the Word of God, it's going to help you make sense out of things you can't normally make sense out of. And you're not going to be beating yourself up about everything all the time. Once again, we notice the tension. We consider or reflect. That's our part. And then God's part is what? To give you understanding. But without the reflection, without the pondering, it's going to be very difficult to get that understanding. I fear that this is becoming a lost art in the American church. We're so busy, we're always in such a hurry, that we don't take a lot of time to think. To think. And just, just to sit and just ponder, maybe read something in the Bible and open up a window and look outside and be like, what is that, God? What, what, what is this? And just to think it through, to consider, to reflect, because that's so needed, not just to come here to be a consumer of religious goods and services. That's, that's just going through the motions, church. We, we never want to be that way. And what happens is, if we're just a consumer of religious goods and services, and here's the thing, you want to keep me honest, study your Bible. That's the way you keep a preacher honest. Because if you don't know your Bible, then, listen, I can hoodwink you with anything. You can twist a Bible verse, I can pull one out of context, and make it say whatever you want, whatever you want, or whatever I want to make it say. And so the fruit of not pondering, of not studying the word of God is what? Bad preaching. That's the fruit of that. And then people are always telling you, well, you can always expect good times. Instead of, you know, having true biblical preaching that balances the word of God, that strikes the balance and includes that there's times when there will be, you know, times of suffering in your life. You know, Jesus suffered, didn't he? The apostles suffered, didn't they? Then how in the world do these guys get on TV and tell you that if you have enough faith, you're never going to suffer? How do they, how do, they do that? Or, or, or if you have enough faith, you'll, you'll never be sick. Whereas Paul tells Timothy, you know, hey, you got some stomach ailment, take a little bit of wine for your stomach, you you'll feel a little bit better, okay? So what, what does that mean? Oh, Paul, Timothy, he's got no faith you keep the pastors honest the more you know your Bible and not what they told you. Study it for yourself. That's in many ways where the Apostle Paul takes us in the next section to stay focused on the mission of the gospel to get us to see that suffering and the struggles in this life should not surprise us and when we suffer or when there's difficulty, don't make it your sole focus to get out of it. I mean, th- this, is, this is something like we talk about on Monday nights. That a lot of people are just trying to drown the pain away. But if you don't get to the root of the pain, then it just keeps resurfacing and resurfacing and resurfacing. And you don't have the tools to learn how to deal with it. If you know what I'm talking about Monday night, we have our recovery group. And so, so many Americans want the easy life. And the easy life seems to be a creation of the West. And we live in the West. You're like, no, we live on the East Coast, Pastor Jim. No, we're the part of the world considered to be the West. Okay? And those of you who come from other countries, you're like, oh, gosh, America's got it so easy here. (laughs) Like, a a bad day here is the best day of the year (laughs) where I come from. You know? And so we have this thing. And what happens is, if we're only trying to have a life of ease, that will ruin a lot of what God is trying to teach us in and through our suffering. And it almost negates the call for every follower of Jesus to be loyal to Jesus in the midst of suffering and to endure suffering in the power of the Holy Spirit. So verse 80 moves us to history. He says, remember... If you're out your own Bible, just circle that word, please. This is a problem. We got such bad memories. Right? It's gone so quickly. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed, some of your versions say descendant of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. So the cross of motivation for the Apostle Paul was really the the cross and resurrection was really the motivation, and it should be our motivation for all of this. So why is it important for us to remember? Well, there's many reasons, but here he tells us that even Jesus had to suffer before glory. Now, a lot of people go, I want to be like Jesus. Well, do you want to be crucified, right? Are you willing to endure suffering? Are you willing to go out and do good? just massive amounts of kindness to people and have them talk badly behind your back and string you up on a cross. Because that's what it is to be like Jesus. And sadly, many Christians get tired or get over the fact that God became a man and, and the reality of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul would tell us, That's what fuels the Christian life. That's the fuel, right? And when the Holy Spirit activates that in you, and you're thinking about that, that is going to change the way you address every aspect of life. Every aspect of life. You know, I I was doing something yesterday. Some of you probably don't do too often. I have a pond by my house, and I stopped by it, and I was just looking at it, and there was a bunch of ducks in it. And I got out, and I said, you know, I want to be like you guys. I just want a lot of stuff to roll right off my back. That's what I want to be like. And they were looking at me like, what's this crazy guy doing? (laughs) But that won't happen unless the cross and resurrection are motivating us to live for Christ. Yes, we get the forgiveness of sins. We get salvation. We get eternal life and much, much more. But the Apostle Paul is consistently Pointing us to the basics of the Christian life. And here he points out two realities to us. He says, Jesus Christ, okay, of the seed or as a descendant of King David. All right, so King David was what? He was a warrior, he was a king, he was a victor. A thousand years later, Jesus comes along through his bloodline, and so was Jesus or a descendant. And so he suffered while fighting death, yet he emerged victorious as the victorious king from the cross. And so how? Well, it's the second reality. He was raised from the dead. So the basis for Jesus' victorious saving work is the cross and resurrection. Now, perhaps the Apostle Paul is trying to communicate to Timothy and to all of us and to remind all of us, God keeps his promises even when you're suffering. Don't forget that, that you're suffering, right? God will still keep his promises to you. And Lord willing, we'll see that next week where, where false teachers had already begun to say that, that they had all the benefits already of Jesus rising from the dead. And that teaching is, is around today. If this is all the benefits, what are we doing? <laughs> That's what the Apostle Paul says. It's like, if there's no resurrection from the dead, we should be pitied. If this life is all we have, I mean, I enjoy living, but I don't know about you, but I have much higher expectations for the next life. <laughs> much higher expectations. And so the result is that if, if we think that this is it, that people don't see they may or they will suffer for the gospel, and then what happens is many quit when they do. Because they don't see that, that this is part of the Christian life. Listen, everybody suffers in this life. Everybody does. You know, Death is one to a customer. You know, unless the Lord comes back, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to burst your bubble. But one day, you will be the subject of the sermon. <laughs> it will be about you. Now listen, I'm older than some of you. If I go before you, two things. Two, you ready? Two things. Number one, you take care of my Pam, okay? You take care of my Pam. Number two, don't you dare shed a tear for me. Don't you dare. You go, oh, Jimmy beat us there, man, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Don't you shed a tear for me, because I will be happy. But you take care of my Pam. You take care of my Pam. What's sad is for people who are lied to about the good news, you. You try and tell them the good news, but if they've been lied to and things are not going well, they're convinced they know it and it doesn't work. And it's very hard to talk to them about it. But that's the gospel of self. That's why the apostle is constantly turning our heads to the Lord Jesus, the one who has been raised from the dead. Now, do we participate in the resurrection? We will. Will we be reunited with our loved ones who put their trust in Jesus? We will. Will we recognize them? We will. Will we fight with them? We won't. (laughs) Right? Will they want the money back that we owe them? No. (laughs) Right? It will be a pure joy fest. Yet, here, we still struggle. Even though we have the person and power of the Holy Spirit in us, we still struggle to access it because our flesh is in this battle. It's not the Holy Spirit's problem. It's ours. And here he tells us that about Jesus that he's a descendant of King David. What does that tell us? That Jesus knew the struggle. He was a man. He was a man. King David was a man. Jesus was a man. But then he also tells us he was risen from the dead. He was divine. He was God become a man.
0: Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862 862- 217 It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, ChangedByloveradio.org.